The interviews and discussions on this podcast are opinions only and not financial or investment advice. Listeners should obtain independent advice based on their own circumstances before making any financial decisions. Welcome to this edition of Stockhead's Rock Yarn. I'm your host, Peter Strachan. Over the past three years, the list of ASX companies with interest in rare earth element exploration and development has jumped from eight to over 60. This action followed a rising price for rare earths used in permanent magnets, mobile equipment, as well as wind power generators, electric motors, and aviation guidance systems. This was from mid 2020. However, since early 22, rare earth prices have been in retreat. To assist us in understanding where the market for rare earth elements might move in coming years, an outline plans to develop the massive Makutu rare earth project in Uganda, along with its downstream magnet recycling business, we're delighted to welcome back Tim Harrison, who is the Managing Director of Ionic Rare Earths. Welcome, Tim. Tim, Ionic is a new Executive Chair. Can you tell us about the appointment of Brett Lynch? Hi, Peter. Uh, yeah, good to be back. Uh, yeah, no, thrilled to to bring uh, Brett Lynch um, on board or have Brett join us uh, at Ionic Rare Earths. Um, you know, Brett's um, you know had had proven successes with with Sayona Mining. Um, he comes to us, you know, full of enthusiasm. I think for certainly what we've been doing with with Ionic Rare Earths, um, and you know the the opportunity in the rare earth market, given you know the the the, the potential for the development of you know magnet and heavy rare earths into the Western supply chain. So. Yeah, tremendously uh, excited to, to have Brett on board now um, and, and looking to, to really sort of get motoring on, on a few fronts now. And he's putting his own hard-earned cash into the company, which is always a good sign to buy shares. So uh, that's that shows real intent there. So now looking at the Makutu Rare Earth Project, can you update us on the significant receipt of Ugandan mining approvals just recently and what that means for the project. Yeah, so we've been working through this process now with the Ugandan government for probably a little bit longer than we would have liked, to be honest. But, um, you know, it's the first large-scale mining license to be awarded in Uganda under the um, the, the uh, revised Mining Act of, of 2022. So, um, you know, being a new act, uh, the regulations had to be updated um, and, um, you know, there's a few new processes that have had to be followed in country. So we've worked closely with the Ugandan government. We've had the, um, the award of the large-scale mining license um, and the sign-off of the documentation now all completed in Uganda. Um, and with that large-scale mining license, you know, we're one of only, you know, there's not too many projects globally now that, that have mining licenses uh, that are, you know, ready to, to move forward um, to, towards delivery of, of heavy rare earth capacity for, for new supply chains. So with that license, we'll be able to progress uh, a number of strategic partner discussions that, that have been a little bit on hold while we, we wait for the formal award of those licenses. Um, so the moment that, that that's, uh, that's come through, we've been able to, to kickstart those, those discussions off with, with, with a number of different parties. So that puts you at the top of the queue. You've also been working since we spoke early last year on the process demonstration plant. Are there any 
updates on the metallurgical processing outcomes you can report? Yeah, so um, we're, we're in the process now of uh, preparing samples uh, for the, the operation of the first stage of the demonstration plant. Uh, so the demonstration plant um, will include heap leach columns and cribs, um, and that will help to define some of the, the, the scale-up test work and metallurgy, uh, metallurgical results, which will flow through to an updated feasibility study. So we, we will also start the production of mixed rare earth carbonate from the demonstration in Mikutu uh, this quarter. And again, the samples from those demonstration from that demonstration plant, um, you know, will will be sent off to a, to a number of those potential strategic partners. As yet, we don't have any new data um, on the metallurgy, um, but we expect that 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 information will start to flow later this quarter uh, and through the second quarter, uh, and then as part of the second phase or the second stage of the demonstration plant, we're looking to to scale up. Um, to scale up the process, to scale up the, the test work with um, demonstration desorption heaps, which again helps us to, to get a, a high degree of confidence around the, the inputs to uh, a commercial decision on, on the project. Yeah, so you did a DFS um, early last year and it's been about 10 or 11 months. What are the key estimated physical and financial deliverables from the project? Yeah, so um, the intent is to develop Makutu in a, in a staged approach. That staged approach enables us to, to bring product to market, uh, mixed rare earth carbonate, and to be able to scale that asset up as the, um, the processing capacity um, is expanded in, in those Western uh, geographies. The intent um, initially with the first stage is to produce around 1,300 to 1,400 tonnes of REO-equivalent uh, product as a value-added mixed rare-earth carbonate. That carbonate will be um, about 71% magnet plus heavy rare-earths. So it's a very high proportion of the, the real payable rare-earths, and it's that basket quality that, that's obviously attracted a number of, of potential strategics uh, to, to, to look very, very closely at, at, the, pro at the project um, and, and access to the product. Um, capital investment, we uh, the feasibility study identified a capital of around 121 million US dollars, um, and we had a post-tax NPV of, of about 278 million US dollars. So uh, I think the IRR was around about 30%. Um, so I think we've defined a, a path forward. Um, it's now a matter of de-risking the project through production of product, um, and with that product, being able to now move forward on the strategic partnering and offtake uh, from the project. Yeah. So, how have rare earth prices moved against your initial forecasts? Yeah. Look, it's fair to say that there's been a significant pullback in in rare earth pricing uh, over the last eighteen months. Um, you know, we saw the peaks of of rare earth pricing um, early last year uh, and a gradual decline. Um, you know, significantly, um, it seems to have, have really dropped away over the course of the last um, probably two months. Um, at this time of year, you'd typically expect certainly the, the magnet rare, rare earths to see a, a significant um, increase in price um, as part of a stocking process leading into the, you know, the Chinese New Year. Um, we're not seeing that this year. In fact, we're seeing the, the, the opposite. We're seeing a, a you know, consistent decline in, in rare earth pricing. 
um, which you know is is um, certainly against the grain if you look at, at historical uh, behaviour in the rare earth market. Um, and so hopefully we, we do see a recovery in rare earth prices soon. Um, however, the the long term forecasts remain certainly as bullish as they were um, certainly twelve to eighteen months ago. You know, expecting substantial increase in uh, certainly the magnet rare earths, um, and to some degree an increase in also the heavy rare earth pricing um, from the the end of this dec- decade and beyond. I think that's uh, that's right, and certainly the. The commentary coming out of Linus for their last December quarterly showed that the prices had fallen there and sort of a bit strange. I think it's a bit of an aberrant market and I think you've pointed to that as well. So I think we'll watch how prices, um, luckily you're not producing at the moment, so uh, we'll watch how, how prices develop through this year. I think you're right that the uh, the generally the outlook going forward is is pretty positive rarest because they're used in all those those critical uh, applications can you just update the status of the expiration target and mineral resource estimate update um, that you have because it seems that the uh, the project is certainly not resource constrained shall we put it that way no that's right um, you know last uh, the second half of last year we, we completed a drill program the phase five drill program. Um, the first part of that was uh, reconnaissance drilling on our eastern target and northwestern uh, tenement. Um, as you mentioned, we've certainly got a very large resource and, and already defined, uh, you know, 20 or 37 kilometres of, of mineralisation. Um, the reconnaissance drilling uh, was, was very successful um, and that's going to flow into an updated exploration target, which we're aiming to have completed this quarter. Um, that exploration target will help inform the company on where we need to prioritise drilling as we look at a, a scaled-out approach for the project. Certainly part of the appeal of Makutu is that, that large-scale um, capacity and the ability to develop multiple modules to, to bring more capacity online um, to meet demand. Um, so we anticipate yeah having that exploration target updated, which which will inform that that next phase of drilling. And then on the mineral resource estimate update, um, we've still got a couple of tranches of, of assays, I think, to report. Um, once that data's in, we'll be able to update the mineral resource estimate, specifically on our most western tenement, which will be the area for um, the, the, the next proposed area for a mining license application. So um, that mineral resource estimate will, will fold directly into uh, the next ML application. Yeah, and Tim, you've you've also said that you've come up with some sort of higher grade zones, which might be a good target for initial drilling to get that higher grade, lower cost production starting up. Yeah, look, I think one of the the attributes and and what we have seen is, I mean, um, the weathering profile of ionic adsorption clays can be quite uh, variable. Um, certainly in the eastern zones and. Um, you know that western target. We have seen areas of, of very favourable metallurgical response, um, and so it's a matter now of being able to to work through that that drill program, um, additional test work, and then folding that that data back into to updated mine plans, um, which then informs us on on how best to develop Makutu, um, 
to not only get the product, but obviously optimize the the economic return of the project. So you spoke about these um, uh, products that you're uh, producing through the the uh, pilot plan. What's the company doing with respect to strategic partner and product offtake discussions? So uh, lots of calls. Um, I mean, fair to say there's not a, a morning or evening where we're not um, talking to, to someone in, in other parts of the world. Um, I think, you know, on the back of um, the products that we'll produce from the demonstration plant, you know, being able to put those products in the hand of not only uh, potential uh, refiners, um, but but also magnet uh, producers who are who are looking to, to qualify or understand product quality coming out of projects, so that they can then understand where that material could be processed, how it could be processed, and um, you know we we expect that on the back of certainly the products we produce from the demonstration plant, being able to work more more i suppose accelerated on our ability to work with those strategic partner groups so so bit by bit you know ticking off the boxes with the strategic partners to de-risk obviously you know not only their potential to to come in and help us develop the project but from our perspective um from ionic uh perspective and from a renzori perspective making sure that we commit product to the supply chain with the most, um, the highest probability of success. Tim, just turning to Ionic Technologies with its Irish downstream value adding or you know, capture value uh, uh, project that you've got there through the recycling initiatives, what, what's going on there with that uh, pilot plant? So where we are right now, we, uh, we've started 24-7 operations of the demonstration plant at, um, at Belfast, in, at Ionic Technologies in Belfast, sorry. Um, so that will, the, the scale of that demonstration plant um, is, is designed to run at a rate of about 30 tonnes of, of magnets as feed uh, per annum to produce 10 tonnes per annum of separated high-purity magnet rare earth oxides. Um, we are working through the initial phase of that that ramp up process. The team's operating twenty four seven. You know they've processed a few tons of uh, of permanent magnets, and working through the process commissioning of the separation or the the digestion and separation stages, um, and planning on starting the production of of oxides, uh, rare earth oxides next month. So. Um, with that product that we'll produce there, we'll be able to put that in the hands of, of some of our collaboration partners, plus also look at uh, at a few other opportunities that um, that the team and the business is evaluating in the recycling space. Yeah, so you're working with a collaboration with uh, Ford and Less Common Metals for the UK rare earth supply chain. What other uh, products, what are the actual products that are going to come out of this uh, demonstration plan? So the demonstration plant will produce high purity, um, individually separated magnet rare earth oxides. So the ability to produce neodymium oxide, um, you know, praseodymium oxide, um, and NDPR oxide, um, and dysprosium oxide and terbium oxides. So these are the four magnet rare earth elements that effectively drive. Um, the majority of the the appetite at the moment in the rare earth space. 
So we have the ability to produce them at very high purity, which again, um, you know, I think if you if you look at the companies that are that are making those products, certainly listed companies globally, um, there's only a handful uh, that are doing so, um, and and we're able to demonstrate that at, at demonstration scale in Belfast, which I think is a is a tremendous achievement from the team, um, but. You know, producing those high purity oxides that can then go to be converted into the metals, uh, metals and alloys, um, which less common metals will will produce. Um, from there, it'll go to a, an unnamed um, European magnet manufacturer, um, who will then make the magnets to then be handed to Ford to put into the e drives that they'll be building um, at their Halewood facility in the UK. And then finally, to complete the circular economy, um, Ionic Rare, uh, Ionic Technologies will receive the the motors or the, the e drives back from Ford, um, which will enable us to then work at uh, work on ways in which that that material can be recycled and and introduced back into uh, our uh, magnet recycling uh, closed loop. And I guess the the uh, location in Belfast is sort of logical because it's in in Europe where a lot of the uh, end demand is for these products. Yeah, look, I, uh, the, the the location in Belfast is more a function initially of the fact that the technology was a spin out from Queen's University Belfast. So, you know, the the IP, the the patents, the 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 intellectual horsepower um, coming out of Belfast is obviously extremely strong, which means that we've been able to develop and, and build a really strong team. Um, but beyond that, as we've built um, you know, and, and developed our, our technical facility there, certainly understanding the, the opportunities in, in, in Belfast and Northern Ireland. Um, we've had tremendous support from, from certainly the UK government. Um, and now with uh, you know, politics and geopolitics um, post-Brexit, Northern Ireland is, um, is included as part of the, the Windsor framework with the ability to openly and freely trade into, into the EU. So it, um, as a location, Belfast provides us with, with dual market access across uh, the UK and, and Europe. Um, and then finally, the, the infrastructure in Belfast is tremendous. Uh, we have a deep water port um, at our doorstep. Um, with the capability and 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 you know demonstrating it right now, not only the deployment of offshore wind but also the the decommissioning of offshore wind turbines, you know going out and coming back into Belfast, which means that you know as a location we're in prime position to take advantage of that material being brought back to back to harbour um, in Belfast, uh, and then positioning ourselves with OEMs. To be able to uh, to then get access to those those magnets for for recycling. Yeah, and so finally, Tim, just to sort of recap, the news flow expected for the first half of twenty twenty four. Yeah, so um, you know, over the next five months, uh, we expect uh, obviously the first production of mixed rare earth carbonate from from Makutu, um, and on the back of that, being able to progress with uh, a number of potential strategic partnerships. Uh, with a view to committing offtake and and supply chain engagements, um, we'll continue to do uh, additional work there at Makuta to de-risk the project. We anticipate um, in the near term also an updated exploration target, uh, and then later this quarter uh, an updated mineral resource estimate. Uh, and then if we look at Ionic Technologies, 
we expect to uh, be be producing uh, consistently high purity magnet rare earth oxides um, over the next four weeks, four to five weeks, uh, and then being able to put those in the hands of, of supply chain partners. Um, and we're also um, underway with a feasibility study for a commercial plant in Belfast. So, yeah, we do anticipate uh, quite a quite a few milestones to to continue to be ticked off over the next six months. Sounds like you're going to be busy for the rest of the year, Tim. With that, once you've got those things underway, then you'll be back to them with the financing and uh, the further offtake agreement. So, thanks for coming into Stockhead today. To to our rock yarn and uh, we'll look forward to talking with you again later in the year. Thank you, Peter.